On this episode of View the Right Thing, Wes and rookie sensation Joey waltz their way across the dance floor as they take in writer-director Boz Lerman's first feature film, Strictly Ballroom, where a maverick veteran dancer puts his career and reputation on the line by taking in a new, inexperienced dance partner to win a grand championship ballroom dancing competition. And now it's time for View the Right Thing. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hey, welcome back to another episode of View the Right Thing. I'm Wes, and I have... Joey Hansa here. Yay! <laughs> I feel like it's been so long since I've seen you. I know. It's been too long. I know. My, my schedule's... Well, it was the holidays. It was crazy. The holidays. The holidays. All right. I thought I was going to say something wrong all of a sudden. That's why I caught myself. Like, what could I possibly mm-hmm, say wrong? Mm-hmm. Um, what, yeah. What have you been up to? Does that mean you said working? Working, yeah. After I, I was out of town visiting family for two weeks, and then as soon as I got back, I jumped right back into work, because I, I don't get paid time off, you know. And uh, and then I got that cold that's been going around. Oh, yeah. And first I was like, well, I've got this curved. I'm taking all my vitamins and I'm drinking thyme tea because I read about it on Facebook. And then um, thought I had it, really had it curved. And then, boom, my voice went. Uh, and then the coughing started for yeah. like a good four or five days. So I was like, no, I did not nip this in the butt at all. I got it too. Did you? Yeah. Stupid gold. I know. I'm glad I wasn't out with like 103 degree fever and throwing up and it, things like that. It normally hits me hard. It normally hits me for about two months. Oh my god! Yeah, I get I the like for the last five or six years, like I get it once a year, every year for one to two months. One year, oh my god! One year, I got it. I got it in the summertime, like Honey. right, um, right around the Fourth of July. Oh, and no. so it was like, so it was like, so uh, Desi and I had planned a trip for our anniversary um, to, down to Disneyland. We we're going to like stay down there and just like, because our anniversary is the 4th of July. Oh. And that's where we went on our honeymoon. So Disneyland on the 4th of July is important to us. Yeah. And I would say the 2nd or 3rd of July, I started like feeling it. And I was like, oh, no. Poor and thing. The, and it, we, had, we had, so my birthday's the 6th of July. So it was like my anniversary. Bam, my bam, birthday. bam. Yeah. And um, the 3rd of July, we um, had uh, paid for this thing at the zoo to be able to pet the hippos. And so oh I was like, gosh. I'm getting to pet the hippos and I feel like garbage. Oh, that's um, the worst. But we went back and pet them again a couple months later. Oh, when good. I was feeling better. So I've done it twice now. So I'm pretty, Oh, man. Happy Two it. months, though. Yeah. So I had it. So I got it in July. And I don't think I kicked it until like. September or something, mid-September maybe. Was it like the cough that never went away? Yeah, or? pretty much. That is the worst <laughs> thing. That's the last thing to go and you never know when it's gone. It just goes away. It's, it stays for that long that when it goes away, you don't notice it. Let's check this out. Then in November, a couple months later, I got it again. What the what? And it lasted about, at that one time, it only lasted about a month or so, about a month, month and a half. That's miserable. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. This year, though, it only lasted about a week or two. Yay. So I feel a little bit better about that. <laughs> I, I recently um, changed, like I've stopped eating meat. Really? Yeah. So I wonder if that maybe had some effect on shortening it. Um, and I made sure I drink more water. I don't normally drink so much water. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
So I think those things probably help. That's fascinating. You know, it's yeah. that whole thing now with what do they call it? The bio, do, biosphere. Bio bio, isn't Biodome the movie with Polly um, Shore? Polly Shore. <laughs> he is in my stomach right now. Cool. Um, the weasel. He, the weasel. <laughs> oh my god, that guy. Um, by the way, the movie Son-in-Law. I watched so many times because oh, it was Son-in-Law. on cable. I loved it. Yeah. I loved that. Of movie. the Polly Shore movies, that's probably the best one. Yeah. They gave us. Uh, the mom from uh, Spy Kids, Carla... Gugino. Gugino. C- Carla Gugino, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she was also in um, uh, Watch- The Watchmen. Watchmen, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Sin City. Uh, oh, that's right, that's right. Um, I love that. My, talking about not eating meat took us to Carla Gugino. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, because of your Polly Shore... My biodome. Yeah. Well, they say that everything starts in the belly these days. That's uh, why a lot of people are doing those like elimination diets yeah. where they take dairy out and then this out, you know. Well, we live in a um, a different place too, so that also may have helped. Oh, yeah, Southern California. Yeah. Well, I mean, from Burbank to here, but I mean. Oh, I thought you were talking about just the way we think about things out here in no, Southern no, California. No, we live in a different like building. The actual building we uh, live in is different. So that may have also helped a little bit, but. Not yeah. as much of a Petri dish, maybe, was the old building? Maybe didn't have a roommate. Uh, um, oddly, we're better, for the most part, about keeping it fairly clean, somewhat, kind of, almost clean. Shut up. It's, it's clean. picked up. It's picked Oh, well, my brother was just in town, so... You were like, I clean like crazy. It's pretty clean. It's a lot cleaner than it always is. Oh, yeah, I that's like right. Mop you did the floor and that. everything. <laughs> like the, the motion. Yeah. Mop the floor well, the and everything. You just can't see that, but... I know. Um... But I've been telling people about your uh, uh, Organize Your Shit YouTube page. Thank uh, you. I don't know if you've gotten any new hits, but uh, <laughs> I was watching your kitchen one the other day and was like, I paused it. I was like, Desi, you have to come in here. Joey's so adorable in this video. It's really, really cute. Oh, video. honey, thank you. You were like, you were uh, talking about like keeping the impression of cooking, like having your pots and pans hanging up. I like it, this, but it looks like I cook in here. Yeah, it's pretty adorable. <laughs> You're so sweet. Thank you. You know, I went out on a date with a guy. He goes, uh, yeah, so I saw some of your videos. And I was like, oh, thanks for watching them. That's really sweet. And he goes, who edits them? I was like, I do. It's a, it's a yeah. MacGyver job. <laughs> and, and he goes, yeah, I can tell. It's pretty terrible. And I was oh. like, um, all right. No second date. Dude, exactly. <laughs> was this recently? This was a couple months ago. Oh, wow. It's like, oh, terrible. Terrible. Guy can't hang. Um, Guy can't hang. No. Gotta be this tall to ride this ride. I also watched your uh, your your reel. Your acting reel. Was oh, that's there. an old one. Yeah. That's an old one. Yeah. Well, because the old, the um, what they started to do is say just upload clips to a certain site, and so anytime I was on something, I would just throw a clip up there. Yeah. Of whatever. Um, so all that stuff was from like an indie film I did when I was like twenty. Uh, an episode of Joey. I did an episode of Joey. I was like, hey, I've seen this. <laughs> That's always great when you, when you have friends and stuff that you recognize what it is. Yeah, it, yeah. Because yeah. for a while I'd be like, you guys don't watch the show that I'm going to be on or blah, blah, blah. You know, of course, I'd be like, just be, I just wanted to be on something my mom watched. You know oh, what I yeah, mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, that's cute. I'm glad you, you got to Google stalk me a little bit and see my yeah. dork come out. Well, um... I got a buddy who just uh, was in an episode of Electric Dreams on Amazon. It's that new Philip K. Dick oh, the show. The Philip K. Dick show, yeah. yeah. It was pretty good. I haven't seen it yet. I mean, he's he's great always. Right. I mean, I, I'm always a fan of him, but um, the premise of the episode I wasn't really into until the end. 
And then at the end, I was like, okay, this is this is fantastic. I really, really like it. So, Is it episodic or is it different every episode? It's, different. it's like Twilight Zone or like Black Mirror. It's very Black Mirror-like. Okay. Which is very Twilight Zone-like. Yes. So it's all that. All right. I, all think, right. I think Electric Dreams was a show. I should look this up before I really say this. But I think it was a show in the past. Like it was an Outer Limits, Night, oh. night Gallery kind of. I'll look it up. Okay. I'm pretty sure there was a Philip K. Dick. See, that's the thing. I have a problem with the... Um, I had the problem with Black Mirror the first season just because that first episode was so disgusting that I was mad at my friend who recommended it to me. Yeah. But so many people have said, watch the, this last season, especially because it's supposed to be very good. Of Black Mirror? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen... The, I'm still in season three. I did not get a confirmation from IMDb on an older series, by the way. Oh, oh, oh. Um, yeah, I'm only in season three. Isn't of that the most, Black Mirror? Isn't that the most recent one, or is there four? There's four. Four is out now. Jeez. So which where are you at in it? I only finished the first season, and I was like, I don't need to watch this it's anymore. It's tough. It's some of those episodes are tough. Um, uh, I think the first episode of the second season. Give mm-hmm. it a shot. Um, it's uh, I think that's the one. Look up the Haley Atwell episode. Okay. Um, it's good. It's it's like a very like, kind of beautiful and moving. Um, it's they're all downers. Every every episode is a downer in some way. I think in theory they're great. I want somebody to tell me the stories, but some of them I just don't want to watch. Yeah, th- watch the Haley Atwell one. It's worth watching. And then there is one that I just recently watched in season three called um, San Junipero or something, and that was pretty good too. Okay. Um, I I don't watch all of them with Desi because they're either like way too dark, like that very first episode right away. Oh with my the god, British. Politician. Oh my god! I was like, Desi can't watch this. She will not be able to handle this well. It ruined me yeah. for like a good week. Yeah, that's it's tough. There's there's several. You know, it's interesting. Season three was, I think, when the show like really was. I think it got big after season two. Yeah. Season three, I noticed a lot of American actors and um, filmmakers doing it. Um, I think three was a little bit more palatable. Although that's also the season that I hear people like the least. Interesting. Yeah. But it's it's um it still pushes boundaries, but it's not as I don't know it's not as um, gratuitous with them. That was gratuitous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that's gratuitous about Jeez, I like the show. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, I know. I I'll I'll try to give it another chance, but I don't. It was that was... watch watch the Haley Atwell episode. Okay. It, like I said, it's still a downer, but it's um it's a really well told story that's not um. It's not going to ruin your life. Okay, okay, okay. That's good news. <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't think. <laughs> oh, man. I'll call you and I'll be like, God damn it. The, the, I actually think probably the, the, the most positive one I've seen is the San Junipero episode. Okay. Um, in season three. That one was really... Um, I have to make It's very sweet. Down. Okay. And I don't, you don't get that a lot with Black the Black Mirror, Mirror stories. No. It, and it is very Twilight zone I mean, I definitely get that. Aspect of it. Where's I've me? always wanted to do a new Twilight Zone movie. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the original movie. Yeah. Uh, wait here. Okay, Haley. Haley Atwell. Haley I can Atwell. look it up to tell you what the episode's called. Uh, okay, let's see. I could do that. I don't want to bore people. Yeah, we'll bore them with Black Mirror. We, You know, I always get on Steve about not talking about TV stuff. Oh, my bad. Sorry, everybody. No, it's okay. Uh, yeah, okay, so it's it's called, um, that episode's called Be Right Back. Be Right Back. And it's got, um, 
Domhnall Gleeson, okay. um, who was in Ex Machina. And most people, like the large population, will recognize him as General Hux in the Star Wars movie, the okay. newest Star Wars movies. Um, I liked him in um, About Time. Didn't see it. It's it's a cute little movie about a guy who finds out that all the men in his family, when they um, turn a certain age, I can't remember what it is, like 30 or something, um, they can travel into their into their bodies in the past. Oh. Um, and it's a love story with Rachel McAdams. It's a it's a like a romantic comedy. And it's very good. Oh wait. That's oh, I was thinking of Time Traveler, Traveler's Wife. Okay. No, 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 no. That's more of a drama, right? Mm-hmm. This is this is more like a more of like a date night um, kind of a cutesy movie. Okay. You know, and he like Meets the girl of his dreams, but then keeps going back over and over and over again, and keeps failing, but trying to mm. like trying something different every time, kind of a thing. Oh, interesting! It's cute. It's very cute um, and moving. Yeah, I, you know, isn't that unlike Groundhog Day? Yeah, well, <laughs> in a like, way, you say that moving. I, well, no, I mean about like getting with the girl. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, trying different things to figure out what actually works. Yeah, yeah. There's something like. Skeezy about that at the same time, I suppose. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it like, like that. Like learning how to just push the buttons. How do you manipulate this person now? Because yeah. you know what they like. Ooh! Yeah. I had an oh. ex-boyfriend like that, too. Oh, boy. <laughs> I picked the winners, Wes. Uh... He actually told me, this was, this was my college boyfriend, and he had actually told me that he took one of those courses where, do you remember there was a show on VH1 called, like, uh, the dude's name was Mystery, and he wore like a red velvet top hat, and uh, or not red velvet, but like purple velvet. He just was way over the top, and he had his two cronies with him, and they were basically trying to teach like nerds how to score. Score, and apparently, whoever came up with this whole idea in the first place, like, yeah. has big workshops and. I guess classes and books and whatever on this whole subject. And so this ex-boyfriend who we're, we're uh, amicable, so we hang out sometimes still, was telling me about this. And I was like, so you took a course on how to manipulate women? And he was like, yeah, it started to feel weird after a while. And I was like, mm, I think that's the first time you've had that thought. <laughs> this is a little bizarre. You know, it's funny. You say this. Um, uh, there's a Black Mirror episode for everything. Because there's, really? there's an episode where everybody has these implants in their eyes. Um, and it, it's actually sort of like three stories in one episode. Um, but uh, you're able to like send the signal from your eyes. And so John Hamm is in this episode. Oh, I didn't see that one. And he, he runs a business where he um, is, can see out of the person's eyes. And he's in their ear, like in an earpiece or something, essentially. And he's teaching nerds how to like hook up with women. Oh, like telling, He's basically doing Cyrano. Oh my god! He's basically telling them what to say, um, and like using their body cues and stuff to like. That's exactly what this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and then that gets streamed to another group of guys who are paying to watch this other guy. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's that's also a very very good very good episode. It, that one will mess with your head a little bit, but it's that's fascinating. Good. And that and that was a story. I would be like, well, like what? Give me an example. And he was like, well, just standing next to somebody at the uh, checkout line. Mm-hmm. In a grocery store, like you could say something, and then if she doesn't look after you know she responds, then you back away, and then you it's all these very specific cues that mm-hmm. you take for her like you're dangling the carrot in a weird way, and I was like, this is grossing me out dude 
it could be used for good though, right? Like in like especially in today's climate, like you would think about like how guys, a lot of guys don't, and, I, and I'm fortunately in a situation where I don't really exactly have to learn this uh, because yes. I'm not trying to hook up with anyone. Yes, just just the wife, um, just the wife. Uh, but like you hear all these stories about like guys not understanding why women don't respond or that you know like that is uh, totally true again it's like any sales technique or something like that that you learn to get better sales as opposed to manipulating women yeah but i i think that some people use it for manipulation for let's evil. just yeah let's Using just say their that skills for evil well yeah maybe i was speaking too personally about this whole story <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. And moving on. Uh, have you? So, um, have you been out to the theater recently? I have not been out to the yeah, theater. Either. I've been watching screeners. Yeah. And I've been catching up on, like Netflix shows and yeah. things like that. Yep. That's pretty much where I'm at too. Yeah. Um, it's weird when you when you get access to the screeners and it's sort of like it's sort of like going to the theater, but since they're award nominees, we can't really talk about them until. Yeah. Our, our big episode, which is about a month away. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited about that. Uh, I'm, I'm nervous because I did so well last time and I gloated so hard with Steve and Desi that now I have to like put up or shut up, you know? Like if I don't, if I don't do as well this time. I'll be the resident stool. So I will always look worse than you. I don't know. I don't know. I'm really you, not. Well, yeah, but you're... you're part of the industry right like you you understand to to a degree but it's like the academy is a different crew do you know what i'm saying sure and sometimes i just go well so and so is going to get it because you know who you know fan favorite is or blah 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 well i think there's also some things that like i you know i would go to an an oscar party oscar watch party or whatever and everybody had their little ballots and i always do fairly well but partially because i understood i think what the trends were this year, I think there's some really interesting things that are... There's a lot of wrenches in the works. I'm like, oh, good man. Good wrenches, yeah. Yeah, good. Uh, and well, it's kind of like, um, not to get too too into it, but yeah. like The Phantom Thread was nominated for Best Picture, which is the new Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Um, industry people I know that have seen it are in awe of, like, not just like love the film, they're in awe awe of it like it's like a great masterpiece of art okay but it doesn't have the juice that some of these other things have right now um so i don't know if it really has a shot but it's like this weird thing like i'm I'm sort of like thinking that uh um i don't want to say what movies i think are probably going to win yet but um some some other things that are being talked about a lot um you know, uh, yeah. It's so okay. hard to talk yeah. about what I'm talking about. I know, I know. But then, but then there's this movie that no, I just... know that people in the industry are really in awe of, and at the end of the day, it's the people in the industry voting for it. So it's like, are they going to go with, oh boy, there's a public perception out right now. I know, and, I know. Um, well, now I'm like, I've got to get to work. Well, I was so mad because I was redoing my... Uh, set up all the wires in the back of my TV and I had got a new speaker and all this stuff and I went to plug in a, a new HDMI. Well, 
the new HDMI apparently was an old one, so it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And the HDMI that was plugged in and was working, that was connected to my Apple TV, just stopped working. So I kept going, why can't, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't watch my Apple TV and I couldn't watch any of my screeners. So when you call me and you come over here and watch on my I, TV. And... It's late, it was in my jammies. I had a martini. I mean, all right, but, but don't drink and drive. But don't drink and drive. You can always kind of new jammies. We actually, we actually did a, 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 a whole movie day with a buddy of ours, he, everybody wore their pajamas, and I would be so down for that. I mean, whenever we'd have to, we'd have to pick a weekend that I have not booked a client, and mm-hmm. I will come over. I mean, with some popcorn and some eggs can, and sausage. You can take a break and play a board game if you want. And, that sounds amazing. You know. Um. So yeah, so that was the only disc I had. So I was so, like, I've got finally ample time to sit and watch so something. So did you go out and buy HDMI cables? Or finally, but yeah. it took you know the yeah. two free nights I had to watch it. I was waiting for Amazon. Uh, did I say that word? I shouldn't say that word. What? Why not? I don't know, Amazon. I, don't I like know. it. I mean, it means I don't have to go out of my house to buy things. I think that's it. Yeah, but I guess you know I'm trying to be small business and let them, let them, let them. But there's no more. There's no little electronic sh- stores anymore. No. There's not even a Radio Shack. No, what are you going to go to, like, Fry's? That's still a big company. And, and i got to drive so far to get out there. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I hear you. That's a shame. But th- that's great. I, you just backed me up. Thank you. It's I funny, though, so because terrible. I just found two HDMI cables upstairs, brand new, still in the package. Really? That I hadn't even opened. Just, like, I forgot that they were up there in the theater room. And do you know how many I've probably gotten from clients and just sent to e-waste because I was like, I don't know mm. what to do with these. But then again, I, I was working at a client's house and I was redoing her wires because they were a mess. Yeah. I feel like I told, because we were talking about wires last time. Mm-hmm. Um, don't look at them, I didn't change don't, them. Don't look at them. <laughs> um, and I was re-plugging, you know, unplugging and replugging things in. And before I left, she goes, I'm not getting internet access. And I went, well, I'm not going to leave here without you have, not having any access because I was just fiddling with everything down there. And you get, how else is she going to leave you a good review? <laughs> right. I'm like, what a jerk. I'm like, I'm going to organize this, but I don't know anything about technology. So um, like I text message a friend of mine who's really good at IT and, and techie stuff. Yeah. And he goes, well, there might be a dead cable. Does she have an extra AC adapter? And I was like, you're kidding me. You think just unplugging and plugging in an AC adapter, I might have blown it? And he's like, it's entirely possible. She had a regular old general AC adapter. I replaced it with the other one, and everything started working. It was just because I had unplugged it and plugged it back in. I think it just... It's funny, because when you were saying all this, I thought, I was thinking to myself, you know, Joey could call me anytime and FaceTime with me if she's ever in a situation like this. I would not have thought of that. That's (laughs) so so funny. (laughs) So, you know, maybe not me. But, what? Maybe. Because if Kelly, if I can't get a hold of him, I'm going to be calling my Wes. All right. Yeah, anytime. Wes! Constantly on FaceTime with my mom. I, I mean, I'm happy to do it because it's my mom. Um, but she. Yeah, we That's have, so cute. Yeah. It's just funny because I would think by now she would have figured it out. But then, it, you know, you everything changes. I guess. I'm like, that's input five. Then put in input five. I should be getting my TV, and you're not getting your TV. And I, well, the positive part of it is it gives me an opportunity to like see her and talk to her because yeah. she's in Texas. So. You know, I'm lucky if I see her once a year. Yeah. So FaceTime's brilliant for that. Well, we're doing a new thing where we're um, Skyping once a week now. That's great. So I I need to get my mom on that. I think I I, I don't take selfies, so seeing myself on FaceTime, if I'm not like totally reclined and have light shining in my face, I'm like, oh, I look funny. You know. What's your mom? What did your mom get to say? 
It's just knowing that I, there's that troll in the corner that's me. Oh, just, my God, you troll. Well, my mom would be like, Joe, you look like me. She said that at one point. Said, you look how I feel, she said. And I was like, okay, ma. <laughs> <laughs> too far, too, too far. far. Enough, lady. Is she, she's over in the East Coast? No, she's in um, South Suburbs of Chicago. Well, that's East Coast. I mean, it's Midwest, right? To you. I mean, it's Midwest. Well, you're from, are Illinois. you from Texas? No. I, well, I'm a, I was born in Oklahoma. I lived there for a while. Then moved to Utah. Then Washington State. Oh, wow. Lived in Louisiana for a year. Back to Washington State. And then here. What an interesting... Weird... Amalgam of places. Yeah. All, like, very, very different. Well, I mean, here is probably similar to Washington State as far as, like, the people and the climate. Like, not the weather climate, but the, like, political climate and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Tech. Um, but like Utah is very, very different from Washington state. And it's also very, very different from Oklahoma. Oh yeah. I bet. And Louisiana is just strange. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's just, I, there's no really great way to describe Louisiana. I got some friends from Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird. If your, if your last name is Richard, it's pronounced Richard. Oh. It's like really strange. Just like. There was a comedian recently who was just talking about people from Louisiana. Oh, I think it was Tom Segura. And he was just like, yeah. that, that they should just all be blown up. <laughs> I don't feel that way. I love something I love like the people that. there. The people are great. Um, I got to do some like. So I moved out there just before Katrina. So I was wow. there. I was there for Katrina. We I worked for a little post production company or a little production company, and we did um, we did like a documentary for Exxon Mobil because they'd never like shut down a refinery and had to start one up again. Wow. We did a lot of like you know being escorted by the military into places and stuff. Wow. It, was, it was really weird. Um, a really surreal time for for me because we only lived there for a year and half that year was sort of dominated by this hurricane god no maybe maybe almost a whole year because then i went and did um community work with city year and worked with kids that had been displaced out of baton rouge or out of new orleans into baton rouge and doing homework with kids and wow that's really awesome yeah it was really good it's very rewarding i only did it for six months but wow you know I think that that might have been the last time I was there was the summer just before Katrina. I, I like it there. I find it very haunting, um, but I, I I really do like it there. And my friends who are from there are dolls. Yeah. And they all went to school there and everything. Eat gator? I have, I have not. Grilled. Can I get it grilled? Is it chewy? It's chewy, but it's good. It's the consistency that gets me. Really? You don't like octopus either? No. I'm not really a big seafood person. I can do fish. I, I can't really do shellfish. Uh, it's I, not as chewy as octopus, but it's it's chewy. If someone says you have to try this octopus at this place because yeah. it's the best they do, I will definitely try it. But usually, like I've had oysters, even though I'm like, hey, I don't like oysters. Well, there's, a, there's a place in Louisiana called Bootens, and uh, that they have a grilled alligator there that's really, really good. Mm-hmm. And um, they have like a live Zydeco band. And you'll just like see, they'll be playing and like all of a sudden like grandfathers are like standing up with their little granddaughters and they're dancing. I to love that. Music. Yeah, it's, it's real cute. If anybody go into New Orleans, All right, go yeah, to Bootens. Go, go to Bootens. Which is actually not in New Orleans, I don't think. Bootens. That's funny because when I heard Zydeco music, I was actually bowling and it was outside of, you know, the square or the French Quarter and all that kind of yeah. stuff. But I went bowling and then it, off in the corner was a Zydeco band playing. It was really fun. Yeah. I was like, who's screaming? Is that the, are that's the parrots, the parrots or is that the... It's the parrots. That's right, because last time I thought it was like the furnace or something. Yeah, it's the parrots. And parrot I was there. trying to explain that to somebody, and they're like, no, I don't believe you. I'm like, no, this is the wildest thing I've ever experienced. The wild parrots. In a, yeah. 
Um, okay. Well, so neither of us went to the theater. So um, no previews on my part. I watched. I, I just watched a preview called um, "The Cured" with Ellen Page. Oh, it looks super boring to me. But um, like, I apparently the uh, the previews say that it's a very good twist on the zombie genre. Oh, so it's an infected movie. So I, I was thinking about it when I was watching the. the the preview because I've always sort of separated zombie and infected into two different. Yeah, I've never heard what infected is. So, like any movie where they become zombies from um, because they've gotten a disease or because um, they were injected with something or whatever, okay. that's like an infected, which is kind of different from an undead, like a George Romero zombie, right? Okay. Which are very, like, slow-moving and they're decaying and stuff, whereas infected movies tend to be people who are, like, enraged. They run really fast and they bleed out their eyes and all that stuff. Okay. Um, But I was watching and I was thinking about it. I think zombie movies should be, like, the umbrella, the general term for all those films, and then undead films and infected films. That makes sense. Because, I mean... From the voodoo sense of zombie, which is just like being under a trance, right? Like, essentially, the infected people are zombies in that mm-hmm. sense of the word. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. That makes sense more sense to me. But, of course, I was thinking of, when you said infected, I thought of the movie Outbreak. And I was like, that's not a zombie movie. That's just infected That's just people, people getting sick and yeah. their organs look like So, fine. infected is specifically under the zombie genre. Yeah. I like this. I like the subclassifications. That's what I'm thinking. I think I think people I think people need more specific things. Like, you know, horror is a huge umbrella. I've complained about it on the show a bunch, but um but there's a whole bunch of things under that, you know, like haunted house movies and paranormal like Poltergeist movies are different than haunted house films, which are different than possession films, which are, you know Which is fascinating to me because somebody had just recommended a podcast to me called Women in Caskets. Okay, I haven't heard that. And and it's two girls talking about, I think they're both actresses, and I I don't think they're California, uh, but they, regardless... Um, they love the horror genre. Mm-hmm. And, and I only started listening to one of the episodes and I was like, oh, I'm about to learn a lot because yeah. I, I don't love horror that much that I would even know a lot of this stuff, but they break this stuff down. So yeah. it's like, if you love horror movies, I think this is a great podcast to listen, listen to because they're, I should listen to it just, just for research because it's fascinating. Not, yeah. not because it's something I would typically lean towards. Yeah. And the, the girls are funny and entertaining and well, cool. I've had, I've had friends go... This isn't a horror, such and such movie isn't a horror movie. And it's like, well, it is. It's just not a horror that you understand horror to be. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, I was watching uh, Don't Breathe. Have you seen Don't Breathe? I haven't seen Don't Breathe. Um, which is interesting because it's it's kind of, a, it's a horrific situation. I don't know if it would be considered, considered horror? a horror movie necessarily. But, or like Rosemary's Baby is like a real slow burn. but Thriller. It, but I mean, even that's like a real... Like, a, like, is it a, a espionage movie? Is it a heist thing? Is it a, mm. you know, is it um, a car chase? Like, a high-speed thriller? You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. that's the thing is, I think people well, are taking... Like, or is that big, suspense? But see, even that is like, what does that mean? Like, Alfred Hitchcock was the master of suspense, but I would classify, you know, um, a, lot, you know a lot of his movies as horror. Right. You know, I, I mean, like, what is Psycho? Is Psycho a horror film? It's pretty slow. But it's, I would be like, it's a thriller. It's horrific. But, you know, it's like, 
It's a scary movie. But like Rosemary's Baby is a really like I always go back to that one because it's a 1970s film um, that is an incredibly slow burn, mm-hmm. and for the most part, the movie's not like scary. You know what I mean? Right. But but it's more scary than say. Like the, I mean, is it scarier than The Omen? No, it's also a slow burn. So is low that, body count? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, um, that's the thing. I think people like take horror things that aren't necessarily like a slasher film are still horror movies. You know what I mean? They, yeah. I don't know. But then again, I'm sure somebody out there has mapped and diagrammed everything that we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, when I, you know, when I took film theory class we we talked a lot about genres and like westerns and in order for a movie to be a western or a war film or whatever it needed you know for a war film it needed to be about um the band of brothers to be a true war film about the group as a whole um and how they like come together to like fight against you know so Patton's not a oh wait well Patton yeah I mean if it's about if it's about bringing the people together so for example Aliens yeah. is a war film, right? Yeah. Also a sci-fi. horror film, a sci-fi what? film, or is it a is it a monster movie? Is it you know what I mean? Like what? My mind is melting. Yeah, it's complicated. It's really interesting. That's interesting because I never yeah. really think to subcategorize like that. But yeah, there's a whole these big these big umbrella terms are like zombie movie or horror. Yeah, pocket, 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 yeah, pocket, like, pocket. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then, and then we've got the movie that we watched, which this is totally horrific. Totally horrific. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's let let's. I guess. Oh, I was going to talk about another. Oh, trailer. another preview. Uh, or trailer. Truth or Dare. They made a movie based on Truth or Dare. The game. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a horror film. Of course it is. Um, or it's a sex book by Madonna. Oh wait, that was something else. No, that, that was, was a Truth or Dare tour. What was that was Madonna's called? thing, wasn't it? Wasn't it Truth or Dare? What was the book called, though? Sex. I think the book was just, was called, just sex. called Sex. <laughs> it was a really big deal when it came out. I remember, yeah. yeah. Okay, so Truth or Dare is a quote-unquote horror film. Um, I haven't seen it, so I can't tell you what kind. Um, I suspect it's like a a ghost haunting kind of a thing, malevolent ghost thing. Ooh, um, I like those. Where these people play Truth or Dare and... They have to do or say whatever it is. So if they pick dare, they have to do it. And if they don't, they'll end up dying. What? Looks kind of cool. Looks, looks kind of cool. All right. All right. I was like... I, I was, like a good haunting. It's funny because, you know, it made me immediately think of the Ouija movie. Paranormal? No, no, no. There's a, Ouija, there's a Ouija movie. Ouija. Ouija movie. Ouija. Ouija. I don't know how you say it. Ouija. 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 So there's a Ouija movie, right? Uh, and it was really bad. Um, and it's like people who play the game and then they get haunt- they uncover a haunting and this crazy stuff that goes on in a house. And it wasn't good. So I immediately thought this Truth or Dare movie was going to be like that. But this looks pretty fun. They did a prequel to Ouija. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Really? Yeah. And it got like, it got really, really good Rotten Tomato scores and everything. See, I'll check it out. Because I like Ouija stories. I'm also fascinated by... The occult and fascinated mm. by like paranormal activity and hauntings and and oh see now you're 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 speaking my language here I love that I stuff. have all those movies and I I got like all the paranormal activities got the one in three D in three D what 
Yeah, that's so good in three. I mean, Exorcist honestly is to me a beautifully brilliant movie, and mm-hmm. like I remember being emotional while watching it, not just scared. It's creepy. Not really scary. It's a slow burn. It's a slow burn. Because you're watching the story. Like, this is happening to this child. The the, the really, like, scary part are the, when something flashes on the screen. That's the when worst. she comes into the kitchen and the thing flashes on the oven hood. I'm like, oh, come on. I know. That, or, well, and they took the spider walk out of the movie, but. Oh, yeah, the spider walk. Director's <laughs> cut. You gotta watch the director's cut. And you get the spider walk back. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. Stuff. But, People uh, were, like, sick in the theater when that movie came I out. I know. I know, and now the crap that they're throwing on the screen that people are like ironclad. Yeah, I, I'm not. I can't. I still have to cover my eyes, and I'm like, sometimes I have to cover my eyes and plug my ears. I'm yeah. just, even though I'm familiar with movie magic, I don't wanna. Of those types of films, my favorite of the more, more modern stuff are the Conjuring movies. Yeah. yeah, I really, really like the Conjuring movies. Um, the Annabelle ones, not as much, but the, the two Conjuring, and they're making uh, the Nun. Comes out this year. Wait, did you see The Conjuring 2? I don't think I saw the second one. Oh, I have to watch it again if okay, you want to watch okay. it. Okay, okay, it's so scary. It. I'll start screaming. Okay. It's, it's different. It's like, I think a lot, I've talked to a lot of people who don't like it. Um, it's a different kind of, it's, you know, it's people there to investigate a ghost thing. But it's a different sort of style almost of film. It's, it's very different from the first movie. Interesting. Um, one of the reasons I love that stuff so much is because, like, I kind of believe in ghosts. Hey, man, can stay the night here. There's, you'll hear stuff walking around. They, they scare the crap out of me. The idea scares the crap out of me. But, like, I just I just have a, an, uh, like, I was a freak about watching all the ghost hunter shows and the ghost adventures. What was that guy? I called him Ghost Douche. I think he's the head of, the lead, the host of Ghost Adventures. I don't know if you know oh, yeah, Ghost yeah. Douche. That's my nickname for him. No, no I don't know who, what his name is, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I used to watch it. Well, now that I don't have cable, I'm not yeah. watching it as much anymore. But he's the one who's like, come at me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, those are fun to watch. And I and I love the, like, the, the, the science behind it, even though a lot of people don't believe in it. And that's the thing. It's hard to talk about because people are like, that's ridiculous. And I don't know. It's it's also fun to think that this exists as well. It's fascinating. Yeah. I, off the off the recording, I'll have to tell you about. You got a story? Oh, I was interviewed for a, a new TV series. What the what? I, I don't think I'm going to be on it, but um, yeah, because I have a I have a pretty good ghost story. I can't wait to hear this. Steve was Steve was present for part of it. Oh my god, part of it. Oh, this is a long-running thing. It's, I mean, I think there's something going on here, and I think it followed us from the other apartment. Oh, man. That's all I can... I mean, it's similar enough. I'll, okay. I'll tell you about it. It's okay. interesting. Okay. Oh. It's real interesting. My, we'll just tease the audience. Yeah, the yeah. I'm peaked. Um, okay, let's talk about Strictly Ballroom. Strictly Ballroom! Baz Luhrmann. Yes. So That flamboyant man the first, style. First funny factoid, Baz Luhrmann, uh, Desiree, mm-hmm. until I think this year, um, thought his name was Basil Ehrman. Oh. And we were, we were talking one day, and she was like, what did you say? When I said his name, Basil. I said Baz Luhrmann, and she said, wait, his name is Baz? And I was like, yeah, Baz Luhrmann. And she's like... I thought it was Basil Ehrman oh. all this time. I was like, oh, that's adorable. It's a nickname. 
I guess it is now. No, Baz is a, is a nickname. I can't oh. remember. Oh, I thought you were saying like Basil. Basil Erman is a no. That's no. what he's called. <laughs> but you knew that Baz was a nickname. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I it's not. As, I didn't know if it was real or not. I just I forgot. I I forgot how he got it. If it was like something that his father had called him or a brother had called him, something like that. But Baz just kind of stuck. Is okay. So is Joey a nickname? Joey, yeah, it's short for Josephine. Oh, Josephine, I love Josephine. I do too. And my brother. So you wouldn't be offended if I called you Josephine? No, my I, my friend I, Blaine calls me Josephine all the time. I referred to you as Josephine one day, and I was like, you know what? Maybe she would hate that. No, not. A, I love I my name. I just Joey stuck from the moment my mom brought me home from the hospital. You're a, you're, you're a Joey. I mean, but I like Josephine. All right, Josephine it is. But my grandmother was a Josephine, and they called her Joe. I'm gonna change in my phone book to Josephine. You can change it. I think um, Misty in her phone book. I'm Josephina Margarita. I don't know why she likes that. Okay. And my my Italian name is Jezupina. My uncle always calls me Jezupina. All right. You know, I, I you know all of them. Yeah. Just don't confuse me for Jody. That upsets me. No. Uh, <laughs> doesn't feel right. No, I'm no Jody. Sorry to the Jodies out there. Um, the fact that this movie came out in 1993. Mm. Which was probably in the middle of me. It was, I think it was probably my freshman or sophomore year of college at that point. Yeah. Wait, class of 95, no. And you didn't see this movie? I was in high school. I didn't see it. Probably because I didn't get into foreign films until I was about 18 or 19. Yeah. Foreign films. It's so weird to think of as a foreign film. Because it wasn't mass produced in the south suburbs of Chicago. We only speak English pretty much the whole whole movie. Right, but but it's, it's not a big studio film though, is it? No, no, no. It's like a little tiny, like they put this together. Okay, so do you want the story of how this got made? Do you want the timeline Break first? it down. Do you, well, do you want it first or after we talk about it? Break it down. All right, I'll break it down. Okay, so um, I'm going to pull up some notes here. There's a, there is a whole like timeline of this. But basically, um, as a youngster, so Baz Luhrmann, his mother was a, was a dance ballroom, instructor. Yeah. And he was a dancer. He actually did these competitions. Um, and he wrote a play called Strictly Ballroom that was this, but it was about 30 minutes. Uh-huh. And um, at one of the showings that they did of it, um, somebody uh, saw it and was like, hey, we should make this into a movie. And so they started writing it and trying to put it together. And it took them, from what I understand, it took them like two-ish years to write the script for it. Which is interesting because it's not like a complicated, right. you've never seen this story before kind right. of thing. Um, <clears throat> it's a Pygmalion. Yeah. Mixed with, yeah. Um, so there's this uh, this company called M&A, which they show at the very beginning after the, you know, the curtains. Yeah. Um, you know, the red curtains. They, what do they call this? Is part of his red curtain series? Or oh, his red curtain trilogy, I think is, yeah, it's called. Yeah. This and Moulin Rouge and... Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet, yeah. Um, I didn't really like become like a Baz Luhrmann fan. Like, I didn't discover this film until after Milan Rouge. Mm. I saw Milan Rouge and loved it, and then like went back and started. I was like sort of avoided Romeo and Juliet when that came out. Mm-hmm. It was okay, but yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, they decided they were going to um, turn it into a movie. They wrote the script. It was going to be a five million dollar thing, and the the people who were providing the money basically said, um, you need to, you need 
a big director. And Basim was like, well, I'm the director. You know, this is, you can have this deal, but you can have this movie, but I'm going to direct it. And they were like, no, either, either $3 million and you direct it or $5 million and you get a, a better director. And so they were like, well, we'll, we'll get a different budget. And so they ended up going for three million, and so they had to make some sacrifices along the way. Mm. Um, one of them is the uh, the flashback sequence about the father, but we'll, we'll get to that. Oh, okay, in a little bit. Okay. Um, so in '91, they actually built the set. So the um, the little cafe or the, the little cafe and convenience store that uh, Fran worked yeah. lives at, they actually built that oh, in wow. that location. Um, because it was close to train tracks. They needed something that was close to train tracks. And the train, the whole thing with the train going by them, um, they only got two takes of that. They were only got two shots at shooting that. Wow. Um, because they just didn't have the budget to keep doing it over and yeah, over again. Yeah, yeah. So, um, the train is coming! So uh, the movie was set to be released in one theater on one screen, and the theater at the last minute backed out. No! And said... Oh, there's my phone. Let me go hit the off button on that. So that's not annoying. He's a very important man. I uh, know, right? <laughs> um, so uh, the, the theater backed out, and lo and behold, the film gets invited to Cannes. What in the whoa? Um, that's and, amazing. Yeah. So it goes to Cannes. It is loved. They got a 15-minute standing ovation at Cannes. Oh, my gosh. Miramax buys them up. Buys up the movie. And that's how the movie ends up getting released in, in theaters all over the world. Wow. They went... They had posters. I was, I was watching a thing about the poster design. Just that alone was like a whole like ordeal. And they went through so many iterations just for the American. And then it was like, here's the American one. Here's the one in London. Here's the one in... Australia, and here's the one in, you know, Poland. Japan, and, mm-hmm. and so on. Um, so, uh, then um, they went to, so it had its Australian premiere at the Melbourne Film Festival, International mm-hmm. Film Festival, in mm-hmm. 92, and then, then it went on nationally um, around Australia. Um, the song at the end of the movie then becomes a top ten, I think it like hit number five on the Australian charts. Is that charts. perhaps, perhaps, perhaps? Love is in the Air. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that version of Love is in the Air becomes like one of the, the biggest selling songs in Australia. Oh, wow. Um, and then um, it starts winning awards in Australia. And then in 93, January 93, it's nominated for Golden Globes. Jeez. Now, if you think back like a year before this, there's like a theater that's like, no. Yeah, see you later, bye. Nope. Talk about um, a slow burn. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, no, it was nominated for Best Picture Musical Comedy at the Golden Globes. Um, In 93. See, that's funny. When I was looking up some stuff about this, I was just looking up yeah. a little bit of background stuff, and I saw, oh, it was done in 93. No, it wasn't. It was done mm-hmm. two years prior. Yeah. But that was what it said on the site. That's crazy. Uh, it won... So, 91, I was, I was like a freshman or... 8th grade to freshman in, in high school, so there's no way I would have seen this movie at the time. Yeah, okay. And, well, I mean, the reason why being, is, you know, the South Suburbs of Chicago and, like, they, they would not... This, Play something like that. Yeah. 
so it got eight nominations for um, at the BAFTAs, and it won three of them. Wow. Uh, Baz Luhrmann was named Newcomer of the Year at the London Critics Circle Film Awards. Unbelievable. Um, and then in 2011, um, they started uh, doing the stage musical for it. So this thing that started out as this little play... That kind of nobody really they didn't want to put they didn't want to put the money in for it mm-hmm. they didn't nobody wanted to put it out in the theater unbelievable just blew up and became this big thing wow yeah got proper recognition for it that's very cool yeah very cool very very neat yeah yeah pull my notes back up here I just love the style I just love how big it is you yes. know so it's it's a movie about. Um, it's an Overcoming the Odds dance movie, which has been done before. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking back to Break into Electric Boogaloo. Boogaloo. Yep. Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing, um, the Step Up movies. Um, like Staying Alive. I mean, even in some ways, Footloose. Um, yeah. I mean, it was a little bit more about like defying authority. I mean, yeah. Very much more about defying authority, but still sort of like, you know... This guy who's sort of seen as a bit of an outcast, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he uses his passion for dance. Yeah. There's even a moment in, in Strictly Ballroom that I felt was like pulled straight out of Footloose, which is when um, uh, Scott, um, yeah. yeah, Scott uh, does his dance in the studio at night by himself. Yeah, his barrel like, rolls. And he like pulls himself up into the mirror and like like hugs the mirror. Yes. I was just like, oh, okay, you got a little footless thing. And, he's, and, I, and I, don't forget, I don't remember what they called them in dance. I thought they were called barrel rolls where it's like a turn and then both legs kind of kick up. It's not a leap, but oh, they kind of yeah, kick yeah. up. And he just keeps doing over and over again. And I'm like, it's just so like quintessentially like, I'm d- I'm dancing, dad. Yeah. You know, <laughs> who's, that, who's the character on Bob's Burgers? Uh, Jimmy Jr. Oh, yeah. He's, he's like... Like, I want to dance. Very Monty Python. Yeah. Um, yeah, I always I remember that, sing. that move um, in Annie. They, the, I feel like the the servants do that on the backs of chairs. They like yes. use the chairs and they kick their legs yes. up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so... It's a popular move. Uh, Scott's this young dancer who um, is poised to become like the national champion. With and, Liz. With Liz. Um, and uh, he sort of lets his emotions and his own style get the better of him in competition, and he becomes sort of a little bit of an outcast. Mm-hmm. Everybody's just trying to get him to like conform, essentially. Um, and at the end of this, kind of what this is about, right? It's about yeah. conform- not conforming. Um, and so uh, he ends up kind of meeting up secretly with... Uh, the school, the dance class is outcast, who's in her like beginner class, mm-hmm. um, who just wants to dance with them because I think she thinks he's cute and he dances yeah. neat. He's an artist. Yeah. Um, and they, uh, he starts teaching her and then she teaches him. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, they decide they're going to enroll in um, the, uh, the national championship and dance his steps Yes. Even though they know they're not going to win. Yes. Do you do you want to add anything up to this point? You want to talk about anything up to this point? Just up to this point because it was like when they were being introduced the first time. I mean, yeah. I just pointed out two things that I loved so much was the Siegfried and Roy hair on the character Ken Short. 
um, and his reactions while he was dancing. Just I was like, now the I drunk get, guy. No, he's the guy with the white hair in the beginning because you know it starts with them all in that competition. Is he the guy that gets drunk. Can is can, he hammered? Can rails like throughout the thing? Yes, he gets he gets he just keeps drink, yes. drinking. Yeah. Yes, yes. That's yes. why Liz. That's why he ends up dropping Liz because she fights him on the yes. Drinking. And uh, so I was like, oh, loved the Siegfried and Roy hair and his reactions while he's dancing are just yeah. priceless. And it really set me right into like, this is what you're going to watch, yeah. you know. And then when he starts to, when Scott just starts to go off on his own and do those like barrel rolls or whatever, mm-hmm. the um, Foley whipping sound that they add on mm-hmm. was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Like he's just just whipping through the air. I mean, I just I thought that was hysterical. <clears throat> oh, and then they then then we get into you know like who's his mom and yeah Doug the film guy. Oh Doug the oh man he's so good he's good he's just yeah he's a sweetheart. Uh, well, the very first note that I wrote when rewatching it, uh, I've probably seen this maybe two or three times. Mm-hmm. I rewatched it um, today actually. Yeah. Because um, I would like to watch this close to yeah, this recording yeah. as possible. If I had the time, I would have. Um, the first note I wrote was the bangs, the bangs, because <laughs> they're like they're like chips stuck on the they are just front of their heads. It is so of its time and yeah. a little on its ear. It's so great. Yeah, the bangs, the bangs. The fact that Shirley is a cosmetics consultant and she's just covered in makeup. Oh, and the island uh, look that she gives Fran is pretty amazing <laughs> as well. The green and the pink and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, obviously, the overdramatic emotions. I think you're talking about. I think that like of it. that. I think you're right. Like it sets the tone for what this is, and that it's kind of tongue in cheek, and that um, it's it's acknowledging this stuffy thing is kind of, they're, they're going to have fun with this thing. that's yeah. like viewed as a very stuffy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> like a caricature of itself. Yeah. The one sort of, I guess, kind of negative thing I had with it, mm. um, was that the movie is very like, it's very early Baz Luhrmann. So it, he doesn't have any confidence with the camera. Uh, like almost every shot's like a medium close up. you know, it's, uh-huh. not, it's, um, um, there's not a lot of interesting shots. No. Although I do like the one where... Who's outside? I have to watch things, Dad. I have to make sure that we are safe. Um, when I think it's one of the last judging sessions or the last competition. Um, the camera is underneath like the noses of the judges and they mm-hmm. just look so grotesque. Yeah. That I really... Thought was cool. Yeah, they did. And when they um, meet to decide who um, Tina Sparkles is going to, right? Tina Sparkles. Yes. I'm gonna say yes. Yeah. When they meet, have the meeting about who she's going to that she's retired or the partner is retiring and who she's going to go and dance with. They shoot all of them from kind of underneath again, but then they do like really. He did really interesting stuff with the lighting mm-hmm. on the ceiling. Like like two of the guys are lit with blue, and the other guy is lit with kind of a pink color. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, it's it like even um, Scott's. I want to call him Johnny for some reason. Scott's because uh, isn't every you know like, like guy in that character? It's Johnny. Yeah, he's sort of like the go guy get him, Johnny. Bucking the trend. Yeah, uh, his dance in the studio, which is actually kind of cool because he like he goes over um, a counter and then comes out of the kitchen mm-hmm. and he like dances up onto a bench. The camera stays where the mirror is and just pans around and watches him. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I I sort of wonder and suspect if a lot of this was sort of like the I don't know if it was lack of confidence. Maybe it was done intentionally. It doesn't feel very intentional. If it's done sort of like, well, this was a play. So normally you just would sit in the audience. You mm-hmm. wouldn't have different camera angles. So Yeah, it could have been a choice. I could see that. Maybe, yeah. Ah. You know, it's it's funny, um and there's another movie that's like that. Um It's also a very dark scene. Like you don't really see Yeah, but like you could have like think about like the sweeping camera movements they could have had. I stuff. know. You know, it could have been really interesting. Um Joel Schumacher did I think it was Joel Schumacher did Phantom of the Opera mm-hmm. and that's another like where they just kind of sat the camera down and just like panned around mm. like uh, you could have really done something really interesting with this since it's a film yeah. and we took it off the stage yeah. let's try to tell a different story or the same story but in a different way yeah. so that's my one like real criticism I mean that everything makes else sense. is everything else is like I, I love like even the stuff that's kind of bad, it's kind of bad intentionally, or mm-hmm. you know, it's like over dramatic in the way yeah. people talk and stuff. Um, uh, okay, I have a note here for um, so the Scott and Fran, um, who in the play is Jenny Wallflower. Um, hmm. They uh, they meet and they're they're meeting at night and they're dancing and they hear the dad wrestling around and so they go upstairs to the roof. And it's my favorite scene of the entire movie. Watching him dance? Just watching those two sort of like a... They're falling in love. They, Scott was resisting this and like he doesn't know it maybe at the time. Mm-hmm. But A, they're falling in love, which I, I like just that kind of sentiment anyways. And he chose kind of a fun location for them to be in front of the big Coke sign that's like And the sparkly. laundry's dancing in front of... I mean, the laundry yeah. is clearly dancing. Yeah. It's very beautiful. Um, yeah. And then, of course, it's Time After Time, which is yes. like... Well, for me, it's the song that my wife and I danced to in our wedding. So oh. it's like... So like a love story that has that song also it like hits a soft spot for me. That's so sweet. And then the dad's being super cute doing his goofy dance downstairs. Yes. And I just, there's a lot about that sort of montage that I really, I don't know, just really speaks it's, to me. It's fantastical, although they're in like an urban setting, you mm-hmm. know, and it's very sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else happens in this movie? Well, I mean, let's see. What else did I write? Well, he. I don't he, remember why I wrote down before competition. Quote a life, a life half lived. Yeah. So she gives him the quote about. Uh, well, what is the actual quote? I'll tell you. Let's I see. don't remember why I wrote that down. This is also why I'm sad that we couldn't do this when we were supposed to record it last week. So he um, he's walking her home, and um, and she's teaching him how to say something in. Spanish. Oh, Spanish. yeah. And he's learning it, and then she translates it to him, and it's the quote about um, a life half-lived. I'm, I want to try and actually get the real quote, because it's not exactly the same quote that I think most people know. Um, yeah, I quotes. wrote it down for some reason. I was... A life lived in fear is a life half-lived. Most people know... A life half-lived is a life not worth living at all. Yeah, something um, like that. So a life lived in fear is a life half-lived, which is at, unknown to Scott and the audience at the time, but is like an important trigger for him like making the right decision at the end of the film because at the end of the film, the dad tells him that we've lived our, li- our entire lives in fear. 
because of these decisions. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, or we made these bad decisions because we lived in fear. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, well, if I, the dad is the representation of this quote, right? So like the dad and the mom lived in fear of doing the wrong thing. And so they've only been living half, half the life that they could have been living this whole time. Right. This dad's just puttering around with a camera. Yes, you know? dear. Yes, dear. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and at the end I wrote, blinded by their wishes, wants, intentions. Blinded by their... I, I think it was just like everybody was just... Were you drinking? Were you drink watching again? I wonder if it was the end of the... I remember this was... I was watching it in my... I might have been. You said you had a margarita in pajamas. I don't make margaritas at home. Please. Uh, okay. Martinis. Oh, martini. Let's get this, I'm sorry. Let's get this right. Let's get my alcoholism right. Um, <laughs> that was actually... I was watching it in my kitchen on my computer because my friend was hooking up my HDMI to my... Oh. My receiver and my television. Fair enough. Yeah, you know, that's my excuse. That's all right. (laughs) So they, uh, the um, head of the ballroom organization, dance organization. The dude. uh, Mr. Fife. Mr. Fife. uh, Convinces Scott that. Who has a better toupee than Trump, I wrote down. (laughs) He does. He does indeed. (laughs) Um, he, uh, he convinces Scott, he tells him the dark truth that his father was this ballroom dancer who danced with his mom and he, he was poised to have everything. He was this, they were champions and the dad like got it in his head that he should do his own steps and, um, that led to his downfall and, um, the mom ended up going to go dance with the Mm -hmm. other guy, Mm -hmm. the gay guy, um, Lindsay. I don't remember. Um, Another guy who runs the dance studio with her. And you only know he's gay because at one point, um, Fife calls him the F word. The non- I don't like to say it. Or he doesn't call him a poofta or something. I no, he calls him. Does he, he? He calls him the cigarette word, yeah. Yeah. I don't like saying it, so I'm not And actually, know. the cigarette word, we're not going to talk about the etymology because that's just as bad. Well, um, don't so yeah. use that word. So he calls him that in the movie. That's. Sort of, I think the the wink that they give the audience that this guy is gay, because there's sort of a thing about the well, why why is the mom so close to him? Why was he her dance partner? And mm-hmm. I think it was, yet she still ended up with this other guy who's clearly kind of seems like a loser. Mm-hmm. And I think the idea is that well, she she wouldn't be with that guy because he's gay. Yeah, and yeah. also you know, there are gay dancers, you know. So yeah, yeah. Um, I just shrugged it, Joey. Um, you can even see that. <laughs> you could hear it. It was loud. Uh, so he convinces him that all this stuff, and so um, he drops Fran at the last second. It, it really you don't even see that. You just see them at the at the championship, and he's dancing with Liz again. Yeah. And uh, Ken Ken Rails or whatever his name is. He he ends up dancing with. But he isn't. See, that's when I got confused. I was like, why is he dancing? He's not dancing with her because he made a choice to. It was kind of like she needed to. I I have. Please correct me because I've only sure. seen it once. That's sure. the problem is I should probably watch it twice before no I do these. Is that it felt like she was mad at him. Uh, I'm sorry. Fran was mad at Scott because he went and danced with Liz. But I thought that. He was just dancing with Liz because she needed a partner, and and it, it, no, he convinced he was convinced by Fife that his dad needed the win because he never got it because he became a husband. Okay, 
That's and, why I got confused. Okay. And so, and so <clears throat> the next thing we see, he's dancing with Liz, and Fran is back to her dancing with a, a girl in the beginner's right. pool. Teaching, yeah. Um, and uh, we come to find that uh, Fife has rigged the competition. Yeah. And Tina Sparkles is going to win no matter what. And uh, the dad pulls him aside and finally like gets kind of mad and forceful with somebody for the first time in the film and tells him that um, he, he, he never danced in the championships. He didn't, he didn't mm-hmm. dance his own steps in the championships ever. And that uh, Fife had convinced him to uh, send the mom or his wife to go dance with the other guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then that's what caused all of this stuff to happen. Because everybody was afraid of new steps. Yeah. New steps, new steps. And so um, Scott ditches Liz at the last second mm-hmm. and goes and tracks Fran down and Fran's grandma has the dress with her. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and uh, and then they go and get ready. I was ready. like, mm, that's serendipitous. And then he he has the coolest intro onto a dance floor <laughs> ever on film. Uh, it's just him sliding out on his knees. And like somehow he turns I and know, spins. I know. I know. It's great. Away. It's so cool. Uh, and then they do their dance. And Fife and his evil wife... Um, Cut the music, and then there was like a slow clap. And then they do tick 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 yeah. tick. And then I went. I think I wrote that. What did I say? Where did that come from? Because they were. He was teach. Because her father was teaching him the pasadoble. The pasadoble. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And so they do the pasadoble, and then he has the dad's jacket that the dad wore earlier in the yeah in the film, which I thought was it was a, a fun marriage of the yeah. It took uh, two people. I think I read four weeks to hand sew all the sequins on that. Sweet Jesus. Yeah. Yep. That's very cool. I need to see the movie again because it's so much fun. And So you got to find somebody that's never seen it and show them the movie for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Pass it on. Pass it on. That's what it's all about, folks. Pass it on. That's what, that's what Do the Right Thing is all about, everybody. Did you say Do the Right Thing? Did I say Do <laughs> the Right Thing? I meant, it's all right. I meant to say View. We did a Do the Right Thing episode. Um... And then they, you know, they kiss, mm-hmm. and uh, the whole um, competition, I think, just sort of falls apart. Um, no, they never say who wins. Who cares? It doesn't matter. I can't even remember how it ends now. The five falls over the the trophies. The trophies all fall on the ground, and his wig <laughs> comes off, <laughs> and um, "Love Is in the Air" starts playing, mm-hmm. and everybody, everybody comes out starts... of the stand. The dad shows up in a tux. And he takes the mom out onto the dance floor, and everybody ends up dancing on the dance floor. Kind of like the perfect dead thing. Yeah. So the the um, the big finale scene that that you know the big dance thing um, that was shot at a real dance competition on a lunch break. They had one hour to shoot it. Wow, that's like yeah. Rudy. Yeah, <laughs> like Rudy. <laughs> well, because I. Right, I was actually at a Notre Dame game. Oh, okay. And during, it was like like a commercial break. It, it had to, or at a part during halftime, something like that. Or, or both, actually. The actors would uh, stream onto the field, and we would be the the, oh, yeah. the crowd, obviously. And then they'd shovel them off, and then the game would continue, and then they'd try to get a couple of scenes in, or, you know. Well, that's kind of what they were shots. 
doing was they yeah. were trying to use the crowd. But just like Rudy, the crowd got <laughs> restless. Oh snap! And they started leaving. So the crew started throwing clothes on the chairs to make it look like there were still people in the audience. Wow. So I, I have not, after learning that, I have not gone back and looked. Looked for it, yeah. But, but I did notice that the, there are shots where this, the place seems fairly empty of audience members. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just assumed it was because it's ballroom dancing and it's not really a great spectator sport. Right. It's kind of like kids' pageants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know... <laughs> you only get the weirdos. Um, uh, oh, so I was going to talk about the flashback when they explained that the dad was doing his own steps and stuff. Yeah. So that's done in like this sort of WB, like Warner Brothers, like cartoony, like silly. It, yeah, it's a, it's a done in a totally different style. Um, that's because they were running out of money and they just had to come up with a... They wanted to shoot that straightforward as, at a, a competition. Mm. Um, but they were running out of money, and they had to come up with a new, a new thing. So they, they did something more simple. Yeah, and it, it works for it. It's fun. You, you got to make it work. Yeah. You know, it's like Project Runway. Yeah, like Project Runway. Oh my god! I, I, I this might as well be dad jokes. Right, what I'm saying right now. Okay. You know what's his name? Tim Gunn. That's what he says. Tim Gunn. Oh, okay. Still, I'd be better off just telling dad jokes than. <laughs> quoting bad overused quotes so um pat thompson who played the mom yeah sadly died before it no way yeah so she didn't get to see how big it became oh my gosh no way and one of the producers um at the very end they say you know dedicated to um I can't remember something the Albert. Name. No, no, no. This is dedicated to one of the producers. He, um, I think, he had a heart attack during production oh my and gosh. died. So, like, like one of the few people who like really believed in this thing from the beginning died, and so they dedicated the movie. So the the family wanted to continue funding it and making it happen wow. for him. So that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, let's see if there's some interesting other things. Uh, the, the lead actor had a sprained ankle when he shot that last dance scene. Of course he did. Um, uh, the lead girl, the Fran, she almost wasn't cast in the movie. Really? Um, but she played Fran in the stage play. Oh, really? That's, that's in there. I thought she was great. Yeah, I thought she was great too. Uh, let's see. Jenny Wallflower. You, you mentioned the Red Curtain trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that's, I mean, I think we talked, I mean, we kind of just glossed over the plot, but it's not like a really heavy plot. No. Not a lot of surprises. No. Um, that's why I forgot a lot of it towards the end, because I also, too, I was like, and blah, and then blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not that it was boring, it was fun to watch, but I, I guess... It's also from the early 90s. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And if you're seeing it for the first time, it's, it's like watching Citizen Kane now in, in a lot of ways. You know, yeah. like if you watch it now, you're like, I could understand that if you tell me this was the first of its kind at the time, that's amazing. Yeah. But it, it's not going to have the same impact on me as it would if had I seen it. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's Absolutely. the crappy thing about stuff like that. Yeah. That's why I kind of worried a little bit because it's like, you know, it's it's out there, and as I was telling Joey before, 
because um, I asked her if she liked it because I was nervous. <laughs> um, and it's sort of like recommending a movie, and and um, I got nervous that she was going to hate it and then think I was a terrible pick of, pick no of movies. Um, but that's the thing is like when you know that something's real out there and people have kind of seen that story before, it, it's really easy. It's easy to see how somebody might not really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, was trying, I, th- I had another little thing I was going to mention, but I can't find it now on my notes. It's one of those movies that like you would love to have like as you're s- strobing through the channels and <clears throat> it's on. You just keep it on when, uh, whether you sit and watch it or it's just on while you're doing other things. Absolutely. Oh, Coca-Cola. Oh, yes. So Coca-Cola's featured a couple times in the movie. Uh, quite largely. Uh, they had to pay to get that sign, the Coca-Cola wow. sign. He wanted that specific sign, so which I get why it works for what they're doing, but they ended up having to pay part for part of the cost of the sign. Wow. Instead of getting Coca-Cola to pay them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. I wonder why it had to be Coca-Cola. Was that, he probably saw that sparkly red sign somewhere mm. in Australia and was like, I need that. Because when I think of that sign, I think of, um, first of all, Times Square. Oh, sure. And Coca-Cola is so American. Uh-huh. Which I don't put in either one of... I think it's one of those like things that's recognized. It's like one of those logos that's recognized. Every, like Everybody knows Coke. Yeah. I think Pepsi's the same way. Like that circle with the red and white and blue mm-hmm. Pepsi logo. I think people recognize that logo like everywhere. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. I love that he had to have that though. That's interesting. So hopefully the, the viewsters liked it. I'm glad you liked it. Thank you. Any other thoughts? I did. No, no, it was a lot of fun. I, th- I think everything that I wrote down were just little things that I liked and I pretty much said. It's hard, too, because you want to pay attention and not write down too much. Yeah. Well, and I, I also think that some of these, you know, we have this, I have this problem with Steve, too, um, where we watch these movies that are more modern and there's, especially if there's not a lot of, like, subtext going on, it's difficult to talk about the film and the filmmaking side of it because there's not... It's not a lot of like, oh yeah, when they were doing this, they were really meaning this. You know? Right. We can't really. This is this is, you get what you pay for. Like they put, they just put the cards out. Yeah. Like this is the movie. Um, in real time. <laughs> in real time. <laughs> Do I have to pick for you guys? No, because. Um, oh, way to ruin my night. Oh wait, do we pick? No, I'm, Yes, we do have to pick. I, I, I'm my brain isn't um, in terms of what order you guys are in right now. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> um, we're doing the Spielberg thing, which is picked for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that part's already been decided, but the other one has not. So let me get the bucket. Get the bucket. I listened to your dear Zachary. What did you think of the... Wait. What? You didn't talk too much about dear Zachary. It was a weird one because I fully intended to just go through that movie. But then it was like, we have to talk about everything. Or kind of talk about not much. Right. Um, no, that's interesting. I really loved that. Thank you for recommending it to me. Yeah. I was... My jaw dropped at the end of it. I, I was like, no! Yeah, it's so heartbreaking. Um, 
So one movie um, that's... So I can't say this out loud? No, uh, yeah, hold on. Okay. Um, that's your next one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jaws. Oh. So, so Jaws and... Some Like It Hot. Oh, all right. Some Like It Hot. Perfect. <laughs> I love that movie. Uh, so Steve's never seen it, which is why it's in our bucket. Oh, wow. The, 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 He'll the have bucket, fun with it. Bucket back. I mean, I think so. I've only listened to I don't um, know his personality all that well. Uh, yeah, he, he's an interesting... I love what a, like, a, a juxtaposition that Some Like It Hot is and Jaws. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Never put those two together. I, I mean, it just happens to be that Jaws happens to fall on this... I mean, it's... So I've been planning out the Spielberg ones ahead of time, figuring out when they're going to fall. Okay. And um, I have a decision to make for June. Okay. Um, so E.T. will be June, and that's my favorite movie of all time. Yeah. I'm kind of contemplating not pairing a movie with it, because there's a lot I can talk about. Then this is a special, that's like a special 100th episode for Wes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, Jaws will be interesting, too, because I, because... There's so much to talk about, and it's a story like the making of that film. I've read multiple, you know, books and stuff on on the making of Jaws, and watched documentaries, and it's so cool. Um, that'll be that'll be a, probably a long. The, the next episode might be a long one. The next you'll be week. like something like a hot. It's funny, Jaws. <laughs> well, that's the thing is we can't. That's something like a hot one we can't really gloss over because it's such an iconic film. It really is. Yeah. Um, but so Steve, Steve has a problem with black and white films, so it'll be interesting to see how he falls asleep a lot, um, and so he he, he says that his he, his eyes see black and white and his brain just shuts off. Wow. So I don't know how it's gonna go. We'll see. Well, you know, it'll be honest. Whatever happens, yeah, <laughs> that's all you could ask for. Yeah. But you'll have the you'll have the goods. You'll have the trivia and the goods and the backstories and yeah. And he'll fall asleep. <laughs> Maybe Marilyn Monroe will keep him, mm-hmm. keep him awake. Mm-hmm. Men in drag. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, Jack Lemon. Right. Yeah. All right. We're gonna wrap it up. Thanks for having so, me again. So your next episode is our Oscar episode. So um, I have to screen my screeners. I mean, you should watch as many of those movies as you can because yeah. I'm going to give you a ballot. Okay. And you're going to you're going to get to vote. Twice in every category. Oh, that's get, a lot of pressure. You get to vote for who you think is going to win. Okay. You get two points for if you're correct on that one. Okay. Then you get to vote who you want to win. Ooh. Which is one point. So you don't get as much, but it's sort of like you can kind of hedge your bets that way. Okay. You can really rack up the points if who you want to win and who you think is going to win are the same thing. Okay. But if you're too emotional about it, and you make your want, or I mean, sorry, your think it's going to win the same as your want, when really want is just overpowering your logic, wow. and you can lose points. There's so, so there's strategy here. I'm not a competitive person, Wes. Mm, I'm, not. I'm not. Right. I really am not. I'm, I'm fairly competitive. Yeah, so that's why I told you, I will, I will be the stool. Yeah, I think, I think uh, you know, I bet you do okay. We'll see. So that it's that's the thing, and sometimes I win big just because of that. Yeah. Because I'm like I'm throwing caution into the wind and not stressing out about it. We're gonna go over every category. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm stressed out just thinking about it's it. Awesome. Actually, that's awesome. <laughs> well, you know, there was a bunch of stuff that Desi hadn't seen, so she just was like, 
I like the idea of this, so... And I think I've heard people buzzing about this, yeah, so... Or, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, a lot of the foreign films we hadn't seen last year... It, it, so the, the difficult categories for us will be foreign films, mm-hmm. um, and then usually it's stuff like... Um, the short live action shorts, animated shorts. Yeah, because it's not easy access to. Yeah. Check those out. The yeah. doc- all that documentary stuff. Um, although last year, like, what was one the- was on one was on YouTube. Two of them were on Netflix. Yeah. One was on Amazon. So the shorts actually were, or the documentary short subjects were easy last year. That's getting better because of technology. Which is good. Yeah, and then I think two of the reg- the full length documentaries. One was on Amazon, Life Life Animated, was on Amazon, and then Thirteenth was a Netflix production, so it was oh, on Netflix. So good. Yeah, it, it was really was. So I opened my eyes to so many things. I just loved it. Yeah. I started following like Van Jones on. Did you? On yeah, on Twitter after watching that. That was really good. Really, really good. I thought I was like everybody needs to see this. Yeah. It's going to change a lot of people's There we have a lot of movies to watch. Oh, boy. All right. All right. Now I'm like, I got to get a home and start some of my screens. Start watching. Yeah. All right. Until next time, Bond Cinema. <laughs>